Is the Greek Isles and Turkey on your vacation to-do list for that next Mediterranean cruise? If so, stay tuned for our latest review. My special guest today is Brenda Case, owner of Travel Planning by Brenda. An avid cruiser, Brenda enjoys meeting the needs of her clients in and around Colorado and across the country. Hi, Brenda. Welcome to RTE Travel Talk. Hi, Ken. It's nice to be here. Great to have you with us, Brenda. So you just recently returned from a Mediterranean cruise on a cruise line that I'm very interested in because I've never had a chance to sail with them. And I'm willing to bet a lot of our viewers and listeners don't know too much about them either. And that's Celestial Cruises. So I was hoping today we could spend a little time. You can give us a review of the cruise line itself, the itinerary you went on, and some of the highlights. I'd love to. Yeah, uh, it's Celestial Cruises. I was actually on the Celestial Crystal Okay. Uh, on a seven-day, let's see, I was on the Idyllic Asian uh, itinerary. Okay. Celestial Crystal, interestingly enough, is getting ready to retire. Not a lot to tell you about that ship, but a little bit, and a little bit about its, what's taking its place. Okay. So why don't you, let, let's start. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Celestial Cruises in and of itself? Because I'm sure our viewers and listeners don't, don't know a whole lot about them. Uh, Celestial is a Greek cruise line. Right. Primarily, they're cruising around the Grecian islands, uh, into Croatia. They go into Istanbul. They've just got an amazing itinerary. They've only got generally two ships in activity. So I was on the Crystal. That one's retiring, and they're replacing it here in just a couple of months. With the journey, with the Celestial Journey, is that the new one that's, that's coming correct. online? Okay, that's the new one. Yeah, refurbished. It was purchased. Well, it used to be a Holland America ship. They put a okay. bunch of money into it, and then didn't get to sail it after uh, when the pandemic started. Now they've sold it to Celestial, who just put another $21 million into it. So it's going to be a beautiful ship. Okay, so so not, so it's a nice mid-range size ship, and, and all the ships are that size, then I gather. Yes, yeah, they're all around that size. I think the journey, they're going to have about 60 more staterooms than the, the Crystal did. But I think they're mostly putting their efforts into dining and entertainment options. So what made you choose Celestial for your Mediterranean cruise? Brandon? Well, honestly, uh, it's always kind of been on my bucket list and I had an opportunity. I heard about them. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to do this? And I said, I do. I really want to. <laughs> yeah, it, I did maybe four or five weeks of planning before I got on that ship. Oh, wonderful. So I gather from looking at their website that they their cruises are kind of all inclusive, including your drinks and gratuities and everything. Is that is that what you found? They are, but they are going the way most of the cruise lines are going now, to where you've got your standard no frills package. That yeah, you you get a drink, you get your coffee and tea, but if you want anything extra, you pay for an upgrade. Okay. So they do have upgrade drink packages available. Okay, that's fairly new to their brand, though. They didn't used to have that. And they're just now introducing it in the last few months. Okay. Okay. How did you, how did you find the cruise overall? You know what? I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. It was very port intensive, right? which I like, and I don't like, you know, it's one of those kind of love hate relationships, (laughs) but I really did feel like I got to see so much so quickly. Uh, It was pretty immersive. So this would probably be a good itinerary for those folks that are would maybe be considering the Greek Isles as a kind of a one and done. You, you get to see a lot in a short time. Yes, you get to do a great sampler. 
And they've got other itineraries around the Greek islands also. Right. So what were your ports of call? Oh, we were in, oh gosh, let me, Thessaloniki. We were in Kusadasi, Mykonos, Milos. We started in Athens and Crete was the other one. Okay. And Santorini. Sorry, of course, Santorini. We can't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, of those, what was your favorite? You know, I really liked Mykonos. Right. I thought it was a beautiful place. Um, and yeah, I, I I liked all of them really well. And I loved Santorini, but it's a little labor intensive just to get to see it from a cruise ship because you've got that huge uphill climb, literally, uh, to get up to see much much of anything. I did manage to do it. I conquered my fear of of gondolas and trams and rode that thing to the top. I looked at my options, which was walking or a donkey and decided that the the gondola was the way to go. (laughs) Yes. For for folks that don't know a lot about Santorini, Santorini, you you arrive at the uh, what almost seems like the base of a cliff. Yep. And then it's basically straight up. Your options are a gondola. I believe in one of the other ports, you, there's there's a bus that you can take that snakes up. Did a lot? Did, did you see a bunch of people taking the donkeys? Or I think I saw one couple on the donkeys, and I think I saw them not taking the donkeys back down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the accommodations on board. How how was your stateroom? You know, I had a, a nice stateroom. I just had an ocean view with a pretty generous window, which right. was nice. It was comfortable. I think it'd be, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to take somebody else or three people. I think three people in there would have been super tight. With one person, it was perfect. I think a couple could do it pretty easily. Fairly well appointed, um, but your traditional cruise line straight stateroom, nothing nothing too fancy. But that, the whole idea, this is a, a port intensive cruise, so you, there's probably not not a lot of need for a balcony. No, exactly. And they did have a few balconies. Um, I didn't feel like I needed one because we were gone every day all day. Yeah, exactly. And the ship was small enough. It was easy to get up onto, you know, observation decks and stuff to be able to see the, the gorgeous sunsets that you get from there. So what about the service on board? The service was amazing. Really? The service, I don't think it could have been better if they tried. It, it was absolutely incredible. Now you were on, you were on a Greek cruise line. Yes. Was there any, any issues with language? Not any more than normal, not any more than I'd have in any other country that I was visiting. But no, I, I found them very accommodating. And I found that for the most part, there was only a couple of people. And that was in Athens that just said, look, I no English at all. Right. Um, but other than that, we were able to muddle through it. When it comes to the Greek Isles and mm-hmm. this, this type of itinerary, what would you recommend as a do not miss event or activity? I would say you don't want to miss Kusadasi. I think going into Ephesus and seeing the ruins there, uh, going to the House of Mary is just such an incredible experience. I think everybody should do it if you get a chance. So that would be my must do. As far as the ship, I'm one of those girls that think that everybody should have a good massage when you go on a cruise. So I think that's what you shouldn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm I'm a fan I'm a I'm a fan of that too. Tell me, what would be one thing you would do differently if you sailed on sailed with Celestial again? I don't know that there'd be a lot I'd do differently. I did try to arrive a few days early, which I did. I'd probably add a couple of days on the front side of it to explore um, around Athens a little more. Yeah. How did you find them for excursions in each port? They were pretty good. I found a lot of um, local. Uh, guide opportunities. I went in okay. Mykonos. I went to 
a, a wonderful person's home and had a cooking demonstration and an amazing lunch. Obviously in Kusadasi, I did the, the House of Mary and went into Ephesus and did those things. I think they were very good at having tours that you could really immerse yourself in the culture, which I really like. Now, you mentioned that you weren't feeling 100% in Crete. The One of the things that you told me, you had a bit of trouble just even before you got on the cruise? Yes. So what what happened? Well, I my feet went out from under me as I was walking down the street in Athens. And in order to protect my head, I threw out my arm and I ended up breaking my arm, um, which I didn't know at the time. I went to a clinic and they said they thought maybe it was dislocated. They weren't sure, but, you know, basically sent me on my way, gave me some anti-inflammatories and I went ahead and, and went on the ship, and by the time I got to Crete, I was I was in a little bit of pain and thought I should just stay in for the day. Wow, wow! So did were, did you take it? Were, did you have to go to the ship's medical center at any point, or I did yeah. prior to that. You know, obviously in Athens, I went to a clinic yeah. and and had them X-ray and do all of that stuff. And then once I got on the ship, I think the second day, I just couldn't. They didn't have anything for pain other than Tylenol with me, which was a bit bit frustrating. But I went to the ship's infirmary, which in all the cruises I've done, I've never gone to see medical. So I didn't know what to expect, but they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. And I always thought that was something that was going to break the bank and I'd never be able to cruise again because I'd spent all my money in the clinic. And I spent $78 and I saw them four days that week. Wow. Wow. I know. Incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. When you think about it, these things, these things can happen and they can happen so fast you don't even realize it. Did you have traveling? You obviously had travel insurance in place. I absolutely did. I am a poster child for travel insurance. That's the first time I've ever had to actually file a claim. Right. But I'm clumsy. <laughs> I'm just clumsy. Yeah. And, you know, even if you weren't clumsy, sometimes you get a bad headache or something else yeah. happens. It's just good to have that insurance. Yeah. I actually took out an annual policy this year, which was the first time I'd, I'd done that. Oh, great. And they actually, I called them before I had even gone to the clinic, told them what had happened. Before I was in the taxi heading for the clinic, I had an approval for that, that uh, visit to that clinic. So they were right on top of it. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about, like we said earlier, Celestial is, isn't probably top of mind for a lot of folks that are considering a cruise in the Mediterranean. What type of demographics were on board, Brenda? You know, it was really interesting because I really thought that I'd be, you know, it'd be just me and a whole lot of people that spoke Greece right. or Greek. It was really a nice mix demographically. I saw young couples that were, you know, following the book of Paul and and doing these cruises just specifically for that. So a lot of religious followers right. on these types of cruises, a lot of history buffs, obviously. We're going back to basically the beginning of our time, yeah. which is a, a pretty cool thing to do. And the age range, so then the age range and the countries of I'd origin for these folks were kind of a, a nice mix. A nice mix. I'd say... I didn't see a lot of little kids, right. but I did see some teenage type kids and I saw a lot of young couples. Right. Like I didn't see anybody that looked to be in their 80s or 90s. So, you know, so I would say anywhere from probably 30 to 60 was the the heaviest part of that demographic. Right. The other thing, Ken, that I just want to mention, if it's okay, what I found really interesting because I usually, you know, we get on a cruise ship and people will say, oh, 
uh, you know, I know I'm supposed to get off at this port, but I want to get off at the port before. And it's a whole big thing. And we just, that's not something you do. Yeah, exactly. What I found interesting about Celestial was we'd stop in a port and we'd have people getting off and we'd have people getting on. So they were onboarding and offboarding in almost every port we stopped at. Oh, really? But I thought that was really interesting that people so were you, onboarding you, and offboarding. Yeah, so you can kind of do inter-island you inter-island yeah. uh, stops. Hopping, you, basically, you could, yeah. You could go spend time on Mykonos for three or four days and then pick up the ship later. Yeah. Yep, exactly. How was the weather? You went in May, right? Uh, actually, I went in April. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we left, I think we were, it was the 14th or 15th to 21st or 20, yeah, it was 14th to the 21st of April is right. what it was. It was a little bit cool up on deck, but honestly, every every island we stopped at was pretty much, you know, maybe long sleeve shirt weather at the most. It right. was, you didn't need a coat. So in terms of te- actual daytime temperatures, what, seven, 70s? Yeah, between 65 to 70, right. somewhere around there. Okay. So pretty comfortable. For folks who are looking at this type of uh, itinerary, is would that be a good time to go? Well, I'm one of those people that think it's always a good time to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I would say it is because it wasn't too hot. It wasn't... The weather wasn't bad. We didn't have a lot of rain. We got sprinkled on a few times, but right. nothing nothing bad at all. So it was really nice. And at that time of year, you're not in high season, so the crowds probably weren't as much either. Exactly. The crowds were not. And I, I generally try to do my own travel kind of off season just a little bit for those reasons. No, exactly. So the question is a question I always like to ask is I'm a terrible terrible pack what do you wish you had packed but you didn't you know ken i rarely have anything i wish that i had packed that i didn't because i tend to pack everything (laughs) my wish is that i knew where i packed it once it was there so a lot of times i pack things because i just know i'm gonna need but i don't find them till i get back home and i unpack (laughs) so i think my my thing with packing is and i'm really working on this is i have to downsize my packing and i'll tell you what breaking your arm really teaches you that because i had nobody with me to all my luggage. This was a solo trip I was doing. So I got off the ship and I had, you know, two big suitcases and I had my my backpack with my computer in it. And I looked around and went, this is not good because I had one arm. No, exactly. Um, I think everybody should start packing about seven to 10 days before you're going to travel, put everything you think you're going to want in there and then take half of it out, <laughs> lose half the clothes, double the money and you're good to go. <laughs> That sounds like a great plan to me. <laughs> so you so you mentioned you were you you did this one solo. Mm-hmm. How did you find it traveling solo? Other than the fact I, that you're you're kind of up against it with the broken the broken right. elbow. No, I actually really like traveling solo. Right. I did my fir- very first complete solo trip in January of this year. Right. I you know always before I'd meet somebody somewhere yeah. or somebody would go with me. But for whatever reason, on New Year's Eve, I went. Oh, I'm going to go on this trip in two weeks, and nobody could go with me. And so I went completely by myself, and I loved it. I didn't worry about what or when anybody else wanted to think or eat, where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do. It was just what I wanted to do. And it it was pretty cool. I liked it. <laughs> wow. Wow. And met lots of people and probably met lots of people, had all kinds of friends by the time. That's one thing about solo traveling. Everybody feels sorry for you. <laughs> so they invite you to do all kinds of cool things. I mean, you get dinner invitations and 
you know, excursion invitation, all kinds of things. It's yeah. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a great time. <laughs> I did. I did. So who do you think would be best suited for a celestial cruise? Well, first off, somebody that does want to do a lot of walking. I, I wouldn't suggest that you have, you know, knee replacements this month and go next month. I right. think you, you want to be ready to walk. But I'm not sure there's anybody I can think of that wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Just because it it is so, I don't even know the word I want to to put on it, Ken, it's just, uh, for somebody like me, I grew up in a, in a little town in, you know, landlocked Colorado, which is where I still live, by the way. I never got to do any kind of exotic traveling. Right. So, and I didn't pay a lot of attention in history class, which I should have, because boy, there's a lot of history out there to see. And there just, sure is. I wouldn't hesitate to suggest it to anybody that was wanting to do a little bit of a sampler experience right. of Greek. So let me ask you this. You've done lots of cruises, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've done lots of cruises with the more well-known lines. Mm -hmm. If somebody were to come to you, what would you ask them that would make all of a sudden make Celestial rise to the top of what you might recommend? I would definitely, you know, again, want to make sure that they were they were fit to do the excursions because mm -hmm. just riding on the ship isn't what you want to do. But I think also... Budget-wise, it was an amazing value. I mean, I've suggested it to a lot of people. I've suggested it to people that called me and they wanted to do a, a Canadian New England, you know, coastal cruise just because they really weren't sure what they wanted. They, they were just feeling it out. So right. I guess I would suggest it to about anybody and at least give them that option because I think it's it's an opportunity that everybody should take if they can. So are they, like Celestial, are they a better value than some some of the more well-known lines? I think they were. I mm -hmm. uh, the the pricing on it was really good even for, you know, I added the drink package not because I wanted to drink the whole time but because I wanted the fresh squeezed orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's it's a great value. I really do. Yeah, so you went as a solo traveler. The question that comes that really comes to mind is did you have any kind of single supplement as a result of that because Obviously, your room would have been double the occupancy. They do have a single supplement. Mm -hmm. I think on that one, it was only 125% instead of the 200%. So it's still a good value. So yeah, so you play the price of a, sing, two, a single plus 25% of the second person. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of having to pay for two people. Exactly. Well, that's pretty um, that isn't true on all their sailings. Just like most of the cruise lines, you have to look at them and make sure what they're offering on any particular sailing. Right, right. And for folks that are traveling single, and also goes to the value of having a good travel advisor in your corner that can ferret out these. Absolutely. These well, Brenda, this is really, really super information. Is there anything else that you might like to add before we wrap up? You know, I just think that I, I want to, again, tell everybody, you know, the, the journey is going to be there. They're going to have a brand new ship. If you're thinking about doing the Greek islands, I would definitely give Celestial a try. Perfect. Perfect. So folks wanted to reach out to you about a Celestial voyage or another cruise vacation. What's the best way to get hold of you, Brenda? You know, they can give me a call at 970-261-0280. Or they can email me. Um, probably the best way is to get onto my website at casefortravel.com. And in there, there's a little icon or a little uh, button to click for travel planning. And that's probably the quickest way to get my attention. Super, super. Now, I always have to ask all of my guests, because being a travel advisor, traveling is what you do, and it's part of the education. So. Yep. 
what's next for you? Where are you off to next? I'm going to Alaska again. I actually leave in about eight days. <laughs> well, super. I look forward to seeing some pictures from that uh, cruise, and we'll have to have you back to regale us with your adventures in Alaska. How's that sound? That sounds great. You know I love to share my pictures, Ken. <laughs> All right. And we'll, well, with that, Brenda, I'm just going to wish you worry-free travels on all your future cruises and adventures. May the wind always be at your back, and I hope to see you on the Lido Deck sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ken. Take care. Appreciate it. You too. And that about wraps things up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guest, Brenda Case of Travel Planning by Brenda. If you'd like to reach Brenda, I will leave her contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us with a question or a suggestion for a future video, you can simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond and love to hear from you. And as always, folks, if you enjoy this content, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels.